Hello, I'm Dr. Louise Newson, and welcome to my podcast. I'm a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. I'm also the founder of the Menopause Charity and the Menopause Support App called Balance. On the podcast, I will be joined each week by an exciting guest to help provide evidence-based information and advice about both the perimenopause and the menopause. So today, as it's in between Christmas and New Year, we thought we'd record a slightly different podcast, really just reflecting on how the year's been and maybe how the next year's going to be, who knows. So I've got with me my trusted, I was going to say partner, but it sounds a bit weird because I am happily married to Paul, as many of you know, but my business partner, my mentor, my friend, clinical director at the clinic, Dr. Rebecca Lewis, who's been on the podcast before, and this won't be her last time. So thanks, Rebecca, for recording this with me. No, thank you, Louise. It's lovely being here, as always. <laughs> so it's been a busy old time with the menopause. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because so many times I come running into your room or you come running into my room and we either are very happy about something or we're incredibly frustrated about something. And you know, we're happier mm. because the word's getting out. People are talking about the menopause. Mm. But I think it's fair to say we're also very frustrated with the sort of monetization of the menopause, the marketing of it, the way that mm. women still aren't being listened to and valued properly. Would that be fair to say? I agree. Yes. I mean, we've come a long way, haven't we, really, mm. in the world of menopause, if you go back 10 years ago to where, where menopause is now. So there's been so much you know great achievements it's being talked about more and more which can only be encouraged and uh, you know the media have got onto it and women are beginning to understand what's happening to them a bit more which is just fantastic and you know as everyone knows it's been a constant goal of yours and mine to just improve the knowledge and understanding and get accurate information that's the mm-hmm. key it's the accuracy of the information we've been fed so much misinformation over the last few decades that it's been very difficult for women to access proper information but that's coming right now thank goodness um so that's really wonderful to hear and and actually some of the positive things aren't they louise you know people prescribing more um, hrt now are really engaged in asking for your advice and lots of healthcare professionals coming up to you and asking being curious about the menopause and wanting to help women and seeing actually that this is an enormous problem really that you know half the population will go through and many will have severe symptoms that are not haven't been recognized traditionally as menopause so I think they're waking up to that which is just incredibly positive but there's so much more work to do but yes there's always frustrations because there's so much more work that Mm. we need to do you know still we see in the medical community very very sort of um I I don't know, conservative, really. And we practice in these um, silos of expertise. So word doesn't get through to all of the medical community how important menopause is, whether you be a neurologist, a urologist, a migraine specialist, a rheumatologist. It affects every single speciality. Psychiatry as well, of course, obviously. And so it's getting the word out there and, and understanding for other healthcare professionals how important menopause is in their field. Mm, And I think this is part of the problem, isn't it? That 
The menopause in the past has been seen as something that affects our periods, which of course it does. The definition is not having a period for Mm. at least a year, but also about whether we're fertile or not. You know, it's talked about sort of post-reproductive health. Well, for a lot of us, we don't want to be defined by our fertility. And so I think also it's always been left to gynecologists to deal with the menopause. And I've always found that a bit unusual just because gynecologists are dealing with pathology of the gynecological organs and this isn't Mm. a pathology for a start of the organs it's actually when our organs stop working and so like you say because the hormones go all around our body then it shouldn't really be left to the gynecologist it should be like you say every single specialty including gynecologists of course but it shouldn't be left to just one group of people should it Completely. It's a systemic problem, isn't it? It affects every single organ. I don't know of any other situation in medicine that that applies to such a thing apart from other hormonal problems like thyroid deficiency Mm. or diabetes often is multi-system affecting, isn't it? But it's, it's no different. This is a hormone problem, lack of hormones, and it will affect every single organ. Yes. So we're trying to do a lot. I mean, I think if we think over the year, one of the things we've been really trying to do is obviously educate women, but also anybody, actually, because anybody, whether they're man, woman, identify themselves, whatever, it doesn't really matter because everybody, and including children, actually, will come across somebody who's menopausal. Mm. The information, like you say, has been wrong, actually, or just inadequate. So we've been working really hard through Balance app and also the website. We've got a lot of translations now into other languages, haven't we? That's been an amazing achievement, I think. The, you know, It's free for women, the Balance app, and, and just full of evidence-based information. I just love it hearing when Gail, our COO, tells us. And now we're reaching, I think it's over 200 uh, countries now, and we've had translations in so many languages. Because actually, we think it's bad in the UK. We're one of the best countries in looking after menopause, despite the fact we've got a heck of a lot to do. Mm. So one, I can only imagine the horrors in other countries and how difficult it would be for women there. Yeah, so we've been app of the day, haven't we, I think? twice this year which is quite an achievement for a small app really that or it started off small a couple of years ago and um, so that's been really exciting through balance we've educated lots of people I know you've spoken at various events for corporates haven't you and I have too which is really rewarding but also I always find it very depressing because it's just full of women who are really struggling, actually, and also often women who might not be struggling themselves, but looking after women who are struggling or line manager for, or men as well. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of men who've come to these presentations. Yes, definitely. And um, the questions are always the same, aren't they, Louise, mm-hmm. really? And, and it's sad you know, that it's like a revelation for many of them still, what menopause means for the men and women in the audience listening. And the preconceptions about treatments are just still very hardwired in brains it's a sort of a moment sometimes where the penny drops for many people in the audience and they sort of can reflect back think oh my goodness this has been me for the last three or four years in and out of GP surgeries with multiple problems and uh, complaints related all over my body muscles joints urinary problems psychiatric problems and actually 
this could all possibly be due to one thing, i.e. my hormones. Mm. And when you see the penny drop, it's good in a way, but it's also incredibly sad that some people were severely effective. They feel they've wasted mm. three or four years of, of their lives getting wrong diagnoses and often on multiple medications, severe sort of side effects from some of these quite heavy duty medications, mm. which potentially, you know, if there's more knowledge around, they could have been spared you know, we see the casualties as well. We see casualties from not reaching a timely and efficient diagnosis, you know, not only in terms of the workplace and leaving the workplace and failing to sort of take promotion and really crash through that glass ceiling that we're all talking about and evening up the gender pay gap and the pension pay gap. Now, this is all can't be done unless women's hormones are sort of considered in, in the whole round. You know, and relationships, you know, can be really severely affected as well, with neither party really understanding why perhaps that their relationship is going through a very, very difficult time due to women's menopause. Yes, and we did that survey, didn't we, with Fahana, the lawyer, looking at divorce Ooh. and relationship problems, which really highlighted that. So we've had some really good responses with various healthcare professionals. I was talking at the Royal College of Psychiatrists Ooh. annual conference in Edinburgh. And then there's various regional centres for the Royal College of Psychiatrists. So you went down to Bristol, didn't you, and spoke to the faculty down there. Yes. I've spoken at various ones, including, I think it was last week, West Midlands. And I love talking to the psychiatrists, actually. We have spent mm. probably three years trying to find the right psychiatrist to talk to. But now there seems to be a bit of a snowball effect, actually, because, you know, the feedback we get from the presentations is very positive. Lots of psychiatrists actually say, you will have changed my practice. And they're starting to be a lot more aware, aren't they? Yeah, I agree completely. And they're very sort of open to listening to, you know, the role of hormones in their population that they see. And they are very interested. I think they see a lot of patients, you see. So I think they they also can see mm. and understand that this can be a big factor. So, yeah, really receptive. And that's brilliant news, isn't it, actually, to that we are talking to other specialities and they're listening and there will be a good conclusion from that you know which, which is hugely exciting absolutely and with claire crockett one of our senior clinicians who's a medical Ooh. specialist who works in the clinic we've set up a group of like-minded people who have an interest in mental health and so we've got a psychiatrist louisa who's hopefully going to start doing a clinic with us next year and do some group work for women as well which i think is going to be really important and there aren't many places where you have a psychiatrist with a menopause specialist helping women so that's going to be good isn't it yeah really exciting actually and we've come a long way as you said louise what things have been achieved in the menopause arena is phenomenal we've seen the documentaries come out mm. and, I, and i think that's really helped women it's really spoken to women in their living room as they're watching it perhaps with their partner i think that that is so helpful to discuss it as a, as a couple yeah I mean Kate Mia is a genius really she's a person who wrote and produced it and she's really done it in such an amazing way and obviously Davina's been fantastic at mm. being the vehicle in allowing people to be educated in a very straightforward way but it has had a knock-on effect hasn't it because now people talk about the Davina effect and there mm. is this resistance still for people to prescribe HRT but also to want to believe women and you know there's a lot of um, abuse is probably a strong word but there's a lot of negativity on Twitter and social media and even mm. I read quite a lot and I speak to women who are told 
oh, well, your joint pains won't be related or your poor sleep won't be related to your hormones. And come on, you're only 32. Why do you think it's going to be related to your hormones? That's ridiculous. And you just want to look like Davina. That's why you're coming to ask for HRT. And I still feel that's quite sad because it does reflect that women are still not believed and listened to in a way that they should be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's years of indoctrination from, mm. from society. If I think about myself as a GP, let's go back 15 years ago. I mean, I always thought I was treating people properly with uh, menopause until I really had the luxury of meeting you and, uh, and being educated by you some years ago. I realised I wasn't touching the sides, really. And I shudder to think how many people... I have seen probably and in genuine honestly probably thought that they had other illnesses so I can totally understand why some healthcare professionals are still thinking like this because they've never been taught from when they were a medical student. Well that's right and even now there's still you know I just I mean I receive as you do different menopause journals and it's always about vasomotor symptoms and often about vaginal dryness and you know people don't Mm -hmm. focus on the other symptoms and if you're not taught about it then it's very difficult and to not have a diagnostic test for the perimenopause and menopause was also quite difficult as well and I was talking to some pharmacists last week from NHS England and there's a lot of move which is going to be fantastic actually helping women by them being able to go to a pharmacist rather than their GP, which is going to be great. But they were saying they're still Mm. going to have to refer to a GP for the diagnosis of the perimenopause or menopause. And I said, well, I think you might be Mm. wasting your time because a lot of women can diagnose it themselves, but I know some people feel uncomfortable about that. But also if a woman, say, for example, had both their ovaries removed, well, the diagnosis has been made, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, similarly... Perhaps this was the situation with antenatal care, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. You always had to see a doctor, didn't you, to Mm. be told you're pregnant. Now, many women know anyway, and they can help by going to Boots and buying a tester kit, etc. And so that basically what's happened there is that the ownership and the empowerment has come back to the woman Mm. about diagnosing her pregnancy. And then, you know, she can then make choice of then to attend antenatal care which most people do and have a very safe and successful pregnancy one hopes and you know I'm hoping that in time that that's what will happen with the menopause. Which would be wonderful wouldn't it I mean I do remember as a newly qualified GP having probably one or two women most days coming to see me and they'd say I'm pregnant I've done a pregnancy test and I think what can I tell you and many years ago it was harder to get information so I would spend a lot of time making sure they were on a folic acid supplement trying to advise them about smoking and alcohol and diet and everything else but over the years actually the need for me really reduced like you say because they were getting the information themselves (laughs) they'd often quite rightly start folic acid before they even conceived so I was quite redundant, actually, as a GP, unless, of course, they had medical problems. And it should be like that in the menopause. You know, even in our clinic, we should be seeing specialist problems or complicated problems. Or we do see a lot of women who've had breast cancer and they do need a specialist input then. But a lot of women we mm. see are women who've just desperate to get their lives back and they shouldn't be well they certainly shouldn't be paying to come to a private clinic but they shouldn't really be seeing a specialist either should they no it's standard care really mm. is what they need 
and they will respond very well to that i'm absolutely sure but this is the tragedy isn't it it's not universal the care no. all over the country for malaria. and then even if they go to an nhs menopause clinic there's often waiting lists of 18 months and if you see an nhs menopause specialist because they're so busy you might have a follow-up in a year's time yes. which really is going to be very helpful for women we need to be seen quite regularly to start with just to get the dose stable and then followed up you know once a year of course once uh, everything's stable but this is the problem it's a difficult time for the NHS obviously. Mm. So we've obviously keep going with our education we've added more cases into our confidence menopause course and we've had over 30,000 downloads yeah. which is great it's still a long way to go it's good though isn't it? It's a great success you know that's great that people are listening and wanting to engage and really nice feedback about it as well so I'm very proud of that mm. achievement. It's really good and then one of the big things we've also been doing is really increasing our research, haven't we? We've managing to build a Ooh. research team within our organisation, but also work collaboratively with others as well. So we've got um, Dan Riesel, yes. who's our clinical research lead, who's very experienced, but he's been reaching mm. out, as have others from our organisation, with other universities. But we've been doing a lot of clinical audit as well, haven't we? We've been looking at our own records and we've been focusing Ooh. on a few really important areas, including the dosing of oestrogen we prescribe, oestrogen levels in the blood, the effect with testosterone Ooh. for women who are already on HRT. And we've been also looking at women who are bleeding and having scans as well. And we'll hopefully publish the results next year as in in 2023, for those of you who are listening. But we've got some very reassuring results, actually, haven't we, which is great. Yes, exactly. And it's just wonderful to see because we see so many patients, we can say this will help. Testosterone will help, yes, libido, but also we know that it helps the mood, the concentration, the memory, the fatigue, and many things, even muscle and joint pains. We know that from our clinical experience. And that actually is a really valid and valued assessment of a drug is the clinician's experience mm. certainly a clinician who sees many many patients every week with the same condition we often pick up things much more quickly than waiting for research however you know evidence-based medicine is not just about research but that is really important it's about biological plausibility it's about clinical experience does it fit in with the clinician's experience and then research is there to back that up and to guide as well but of course research is difficult to find in women anyway and that's an absolute scandal in all specialities mm. and particularly in the menopause very limited research has been done and quite often not of very good quality with very small numbers so it's been very difficult to base things on so once again the menopause is a very clinical sort of speciality in terms of diagnosis and dose adjustments because there really isn't enough evidence from the research data about what the ideal level is what the ideal dose to achieve that level would be you know problems with bleeding etc cetera, etc cetera. but we're finding some really interesting results which corroborate with our own clinical experience for example testosterone the addition of testosterone to our patients yes it's helped libido quite a lot but the main thing it has helped was mood mm. which is really interesting but no shock to me lovely to see that parallel our own experience but uh, when we release that, I think that would be very interesting for the whole medical community to read about and see, don't you? Absolutely. I think it's so important. And, you know, for a lot of people, 
they still don't understand how basic some of the work we're doing just because it's with hormones. And I think, you know, sometimes I reflect and think, well, 10 years ago, for example, I didn't even know women had testosterone in their bodies. And now we're talking about research, looking at our thousands of women that take it. And I think, you know, we've moved at pace very quickly. And I suppose we're very fortunate Mm -hmm. having a private clinic for one reason, we can change the pace we can be very fluid and we can pivot quite quickly and work out what's needed actually from the patients and Mm. they really have helped us shape and mold what we've done we've obviously really expanded with over 100 clinicians but we've also got pharmacists we've got nurses we've got a physician's associate as well as many gps working with us and but we've also been able to try and shape some research and the education as well in a very sort of dynamic way and we're not held back like we probably would be if we were in the NHS. Yeah completely and it's just the most exciting place for me to be here not only seeing things clinically but to be able to sort of start research projects going on educate professionals we're not just about seeing patients at all some people think just because we have a private clinic that's all we we want Mm. to do is just see patients we always want to see patients of course we do but we want to actually because thank goodness we are reasonably successful in our business we can use that money then to fund uh, research projects to help fund the free balance app and keep that free and of course the confidence and menopause course as well which is free and the you know many other projects we've because we feel that's really important don't we Louise to sort of give back and to sort of help women who can't come you know areas of social deprivation women you know from ethnic minorities and not being able to access the information properly and we've had the translations as you've Mm. mentioned and that's hugely important or women you know who get forgotten what about women in prisons you know we're trying to do some work there to help them you know no surprise reoffending is much more common in terms of perimenopause and menopause you know so I think it's just we've got so much work to do we're beginning to crack it you know in some areas but there's a huge amount left but it's so important that it's looking at women in totality mm. not just women who come to our clinic as they are but other women as well who can't and improving you know the the landscape for women coming up into the menopause is is, is hugely important I know for you and for me and having that um, you know being able to do something about it whereas in the NHS we really were paralyzed because of course the NHS is so enormous the bureaucracy getting the administration for all this we can actually go off in a charitable way and help people which is absolutely vital to our work isn't it yeah absolutely and and we're very fortunate now we've managed to recruit um, a chief medical officer haven't we dr magnus harrison who's very experienced and one of the reasons that he came on board was so that we can really try and expand in clever ways so we can reduce costs further make menopause care more accessible and at the same time making sure that we Mm. are collecting the data being really at the forefront of menopause research and also continuing with our education. And we've got some really amazing clinicians working with us, some of them doing research, many of them doing education, not just for healthcare professionals, but through corporates and through other companies as well. And also they're helping us with reviewing all our information to keep it as up to date. We've got Kat Keoff, who's leading all our content as well. And that's really important because some of the content now is a few years old and we're 
adding more to it. We're mm. adding a lot of resources as well. So people know it's not just our word. And even when I was writing my book that's coming out in March, you know, I've made sure that it's very, very heavily referenced because the more noise mm. we make, the more people want to sort of chop us down and stop us and silence us. Um, because there are mm. people, gladly a minority of people, who don't want to believe that there's any good in us. And as you know, it's very distressing, isn't it, when we try our best and people misunderstand and misinterpret what we're doing. It is. It's very negative and uh, it can bring people down. And I have to try and remember, while we're doing this, we're really doing this to help women. And I think people, a lot of people know that and understand that. But some don't. And I think it's more a reflection of them, really, than a reflection of you and your work, because we will carry on. We will continue. We've got so much more work to do. We're not going to stop. We're not going to be beaten by this, by these words. We're going to carry on because women need us to. And, you know, Louise, thanks to your work, you've made, oh, gosh, such an enormous impact on the, the lives and the health of women. I mean, you know, without being sentimental about it, it's just a fact quite frankly. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> well, it's a team effort. It's not me on my own because I haven't got the confidence to do it on my own. And I think to have you behind me and others as well. And actually, you know, we have monthly meetings, don't we, with our clinicians. And in November this year, we had a mm. clinicians conference, which was the most incredible day, wasn't it? We had an evening where oh, we all met. So uplifting. Yeah. And a lot of our clinicians hadn't met each other face to face before. No. So there was a lot of laughter, a lot of chatting, a lot of sharing of stories, actually, and patient stories. Yeah. A lot of we shared a lot of information. We've got our treatment pathways that we've had printed out for everybody and lots of troubleshooting tips. But we spent a lot of time talking about breast cancer as well and with some external experts, an oncologist and a yes. menopause specialist, which was really, really great. And then we had lots of time for questions and answers. And there's a real body of support and they're very committed, the GPs and nurses and pharmacists and the physician's they assistant. Are. They really yeah. get what we're all doing, don't they? And they, they're really making a difference themselves, which is wonderful. It was a joyous occasion, actually, to have so many people. I think 110 people were there. Yes. Great speakers outside our organisation, mm. which is really important. You know, the last thing we want to be accused of is propaganda, obviously. Mm. You know, these are really erudite, clever clinicians from other places. And, you know, really, it was a meeting of minds of interesting things and stimulating conversations about problems with menopause. And we felt very comfortable to share ideas and approaches which I think we all found very very helpful and uplifting and yes to your point the clinicians are very loyal and you know behind you very much so I think when you first start working here after about two months you just see the enormity of menopause mm. and how you will have seen several patients many many patients by then from all walks of life that they all have these common themes of perhaps not being listened to in the first place having multiple severe symptoms infecting many organs usually not flushes and sweats although that is a problem but usually other other problems how their work life has been completely demolished quite often by menopause and, and relationships as well so it's you know we're all seeing the same thing over and over mm. again and I think that creates a passion in us all 
this can't go on for women. This needs to change. And, you know, what a great vehicle here at Newton Health we're on to sort of help that change. Mm. Yes. So we've got a lot more to do. So before I finish, normally I ask for three take home tips, but I'm going to ask you, put you on the spot, Rebecca, and ask you for three things that you'd really like happening next year that would make a difference globally for women. Well, I'd love to have testosterone license. Mm. I think that's really important. It's a real, it's our own hormone. It can help women enormously. And I think it just should be licensed, you know, Mm. like other medications are helpful. So that's number one. Number two, I think in the workplace, we need to really look into treating people who have severe or significant menopausal symptoms Mm. to help them keep on track. Because, you know, I feel very strongly about a lot, quite a lot of lip service gets, um, Mm. you know, to women and progressing and crashing through the glass ceiling and increasing hours and things. Well, actually, we've really got to address menopause if we need to improve the situation in the workplace for women. It'll help the economy enormously, of course, as well as a nice side effect. And thirdly, I think education, continuing with what we're doing, really, and the understanding from other healthcare professionals as we're seeing from our talks, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, you know, if that could be to all sort of specialities in the UK, really sort of understanding the penny dropping sort of moment, if you like, to understand more about how menopause affects their own speciality. I think that those are my three priorities. Difficult to select three, bit tough, but I think those probably are my three priorities. Yeah, no, they all sound good. I would agree with that. So let's come back next year, this time next year, and let's see what what we've achieved. But uh, we were both determined to keep going and um, yes, I really look forward to seeing what's in store for us and just publicly I wanted to say thank you again Rebecca for all your hard work and support and propping me up many times so thank you very much oh gosh no not at all it's just wonderful to be involved in such an important thing really for women and it gives me great pleasure so thank you thank you thanks very much Mm -hmm. and um, happy new year to those of you who are listening to it in between Christmas and new year so thanks very much For more information about the perimenopause and menopause, please visit my website balance-menopause.com or you can download the free Balance app, which is available to download from the App Store or from Google Play. Music